Welcome to a live and active life. Broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. Every believer in Jesus has struggled to quit sinning at some point. Things you don't want to do, you seem to migrate toward. Things you do want to do, you seem helpless to carry out. It feels a bit like being trapped. Still, you want to please God and live a good life. There was a famous person who struggled to quit sinning, and they figured it out. We're going to talk about this guy today, but the question is, is it even possible to quit sinning? The last episode we did, we explored the sin list, and we concluded that every person has some kind of list. That's why every person needs a Savior. Well, this episode explores the promised reality that you and I can quit sinning. Plus, we will look at some promises and resources to help. So I am saying, yes, it is possible to quit sinning, increasingly. And I'm eager to tell you about the guy who figured it out. That famous guy. You probably know who it is before I even say the name. Yes, it's a man. He's well-known around the world. His impact and influence for Jesus has been astronomical. Through this man, many people have learned to live by faith and get free. God used this fellow to be a game-changer in the spiritual health and practical success of God's people. So what is his name? It's Paul, the Apostle Paul. He had issues with the sin struggle. Listen to his own words. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And he goes on to say, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. That's from Romans 7, verses 21 through 25. Did you know that Paul had a sin problem after he became a believer? Did you further know he struggled? His struggle and what he discovered has become a critical piece in getting free. Now believers have a powerful, practical process to overcome a very real problem. So let's explore this a bit more. Paul goes right for the jugular in most of his writings, something that I appreciate increasingly as I grow in my faith in Jesus. His writings have become go-to passages for me. 
and for many believers. Paul gained deeper understanding of the conflict inside believers as they take steps beyond salvation and into discipleship. That entire process had not been clearly laid out before. Yet through Paul's struggle and his findings, we now have a resource to use. I am confident that this was God's plan. Paul said a lot of bold things. In past years reading his letters, I felt that he was somewhat brash. In your face. Here's one example of many. He said something to this effect. The law is perfect and good. You are not perfect and good. You have been sold out to the dark side. Please keep in mind, that is a paraphrase of Romans 7, verse 14. But oh dear, sold out to the dark side? Who sold you out? Then comes the terrible realization, you did. Now your existence is constant tension, wanting to do what is right, but constantly not. Desiring to do good and instead doing bad. You feel miserable and frustrated as this tension mounts inside and time stacks up in years. What a wretched person I am! Somebody help! That's another paraphrase of Paul's desperate words in Romans 7 verse 24. Okay, this is a believer who's trying to quit sinning. We're not talking about a non-Christian, but this believer feels trapped, imprisoned. And if you are this person, and if you are willing to follow a simple action plan, you will discover Paul's secret to change things. You'll also discover some things are free, and other things cost everything you have if you want to succeed. So some things are free, other things you pay dearly for. But the secret, Paul figured it out and included it in many of his letters in Scripture. God wanted Paul to be his voice. So what is free and what is not free? First of all, salvation is free. Yes, that is the good news. Salvation is totally 100% free. It's an exchange arranged by the Trinity before creation and carried out by Jesus. In a nutshell, the big transfer is your sins onto Christ and His righteousness onto you. This salvation is free to you, but it was not free to Jesus. It cost him everything he had, his very life. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's talk about what's not free. Discipleship. It is not free. This message is what Paul is famous for in every letter In fact, he really bangs on this critical turning point in a believer's experience. Discipleship is not 
free. It costs everything you have. Your very life. Becoming like Jesus is now your work. Philippians 2, verse 12c. This work should consume you as your new, permanent passion. And here's why. God provided all you need to live free from the deceit and the trickery of the enemy. That terrible deceit-trickery approach that the enemy uses caused the human race to fall in the very beginning. But God loves you with everlasting love. He will never stop loving you. He wants you free. And so, Jesus agreed to come to earth, become one of us, and take on the punishment of following the enemy. This leaves each person in a place where they have a decision to make. On one hand, you have a guy who hates you. He will do anything to trip you up. And he will laugh at you while you fail and break apart. On the other hand, you have a guy who who loves you, who will do anything to save you, and will rejoice with you as you learn to live above the brokenness of this life. Now, your decision? You get to choose. Who are you going to follow? The small G guy or the capital G guy? That's right. The first guy who hates you, he has a small G when you talk about him as a guy. The second guy who loves you and will help you, he has a capital G. So you must decide. God gave you a free will and has no intention of taking that precious gift away from you. Still, he deeply desires that you use your free will to choose freedom and life, an alive and active life. You owe Jesus a debt of love for his sacrifice. Will that sacrifice be in vain for you? Likely, you are a believer, so you've made the first decision to trust Jesus. But have you decided to give your all to him? Everything? Are you a living sacrifice every day? Romans 12, 1 refers to the living sacrifice. If you have not surrendered completely to Jesus, you will continue to fail because you still think that sin is an option. You don't yet consider yourself dead to sin. We're going to spend a couple minutes exploring an action plan to quit sinning. This is the application portion of this episode. In order to make today's content usable and practical, we need to follow these action steps, and they literally empower you to quit sinning. Take it from Paul. He figured this out. Number one is to pause. That's right. Pause. Slow down so that you can think and pray. Number two, listen. Be quiet and attentive with a teachable heart to hear God's still, small voice. 
Number three, admit. Humble yourself enough to admit. Call your issue what it really is. For example, I'm still tricking myself, making wrong choices, because I think I still have an option to sin. Or it could sound more like this. I am frozen because I am so afraid that I will fail. Admit whatever it is. Then number four is accept the truth. Here's how you do that. First of all, you stop thinking incorrectly. Second, you think God's way. Third, you ask critical questions. So again, you accept truth. That's the fourth practical action step. And you do it in by three consecutive steps under that big step. First, you stop thinking incorrectly. Second, you think God's way. And third, you ask yourself good questions. So to put it another way, you're being hard on yourself in the right way instead of the wrong way. Here are some questions that you might ask yourself. I'm sure there's many more, but this is a good starting list. First, do I really love Jesus more than my own pleasures, plans, and my own life? Or is my heart divided? Here's another question. Am I carrying out His wishes over my own? And is my goal to serve Him entirely with my life? Another one, when I trusted Jesus to forgive my sins and give me eternal life, do I realize that Jesus became my Lord, my Master? Or how about this one? Am I committed to let God restore me to His original plan, created by God, for God, belonging to God? Okay, now that we have looked at some example questions, let's spend some time thinking about a success strategy. Sin was not part of God's plan. Jesus broke sin's power at the cross. The option to sin is not true. And here's why. Since my sinful nature died with Christ on the cross, and you accept that by faith... And since my original nature rose with Christ from the grave, and you accept that by faith, I must now consider myself dead to sin, because sin is technically dead. Did you get that? You have to literally consider yourself dead to sin, because sin is technically dead. Jesus took care of that on the cross. Otherwise, I live in a make-believe world instead of the reality of the cross. And the cross happened. Since Jesus changed everything, I must learn to think differently. Consider this. Success starts to come when you tell yourself this choice is no longer an option. And this is going to take three things. I'm just going to quick say it's going to take T, P, 
T. That's going to help you remember it. T-P-T. First is T, time. It's going to take time to retrain my mind. Number two, that's P, practice. It's going to take practice, and I will likely mess up along the way. All right, let's keep going to number three, the final T in TPT, and that is transformation. Resolve. I will not stop until this process becomes my reality. Transformation takes place by renewing your mind. Check it out. Romans 12, verse 2. So I'm going to go ahead and review those action steps, and they're very clearly from Paul's writings. Number one is first to pause, slow down so you can think and pray. Second is listen, be quiet, be still. Know that God is there and He wants to help you. Number three is admit, and you've got to humble yourself to admit whatever it is. Number four, accept the truth. You do that by stopping thinking incorrectly, by starting thinking God's way, and by asking good questions. And then we had a list of some questions. And then when we get down to the, the fact that sin really, since it wasn't a part of God's original plan, and then Jesus broke the power of sin at the cross— that our response is very specific. We no longer have the option to sin. We have to get that in our brain. We have to consider ourselves dead to sin just because sin is technically dead. And this kind of thinking takes TPT, time, practice, and transformation. So what is the result? I mean, that all sounds great, but we like to see results, right? Well, when sin is dead, it has no power over you. It feels great to be free from that. You are perfect by faith in Jesus as you resolve to practice and change behaviors. No more excuses. Time to do what is right, what is real, what will last. When you really commit to this action plan, these little steps that we've been talking about, and when you align every thought, attitude, word, and deed, you still may fail on occasion. But that, my friend, will diminish. If you sin, confess it. Ask for forgiveness. There is provision for that through Jesus. Then get right back up and work on what Paul says, working out your salvation. But hear me when I say this. There is no provision for perpetual, purposeful sin. I'd like to just mention as we close that this episode, the material, the content that we've just gone through was developed from Romans 7 verses 14 through 25. And that is explored even more in my book, It's Your Move, Strategies in Thinking. Check it out on our website and have a great week as you put your mind to quit sinning. God bless you. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf 
with alive and active life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org. Your web-based home for resources, including books and eBooks, libraries of articles, podcasts, shareable images, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.